0: Welcome back, I'm Mike Roberts, your host, and we're here to talk about increasing and maintaining diversity in tech beyond the perks. While companies think they can lure people in with unlimited PTO and dogs in the office, we're here to talk about how you can get and keep them. Snackwalls is powered by San Diego Code School, a social enterprise committed to developing tech equity through our groundbreaking apprenticeship program, backed by a profitable tech services company. Our business model is bringing diversity into development by putting early career software engineers on appropriate level projects with our oversight providing companies with quality software services at a significant cost savings. I'm going to throw it over to our special guest today. In a few sentences, can you tell us who you are and what you do? Hi, my name is uh,
1: Bavon Joseph. I'm the co-founder of The Greenwood Project, a nonprofit based in Chicago, and our mission is to introduce smart and talented black and brown kids to careers in financial services.
0: Nice. I like that. Finance, that's where the money is at. Yeah. So I'm hearing from some leaders in tech that finding diverse talent is a challenge. What are your thoughts?
1: I think it depends on the leaders. Um, you know, in my experience over the last five or six years doing Greenwood Project, you know, I've noticed that there is no lack of talent. All we have is a lack of opportunity. Uh, what I do and what my organization organization does is uh, introduce those parties to each other. So we go out and find the talent, get them ready, and bring them to the doorstep of the firms. And the firms quickly realize there actually is no lack of talent all we need to do is actually be more intentional about trying to find them um so they're really you know i haven't seen that issue on my side but um i'm trying to help those leaders find that talent
0: right so they need to recognize that it is a uh what do they call it fake news it is a (laughs) false narrative and the reality is you just have to put in a little bit of work right so
1: yeah and then look in the places you haven't looked before you know if you want to be different and, and, and look different, you got to do something different. So, you know, our students all live in the most underserved uh, communities in Chicago and that's where our talent is. There. That's where we go look for them. And, um, we're not looking in the same places that everybody else is looking. We're not fishing in the same pond as everybody else, so to speak. Um, so quickly, um, you are know, helping these firms to realize that we could change the narrative by looking
0: somewhere else. Makes sense. I like it. Um, so, what do you think in tech about the the push to remove c s degrees for many of these engineering roles
1: um I like it actually um i my personal opinion is um you know college is great, but um as you know, Google and many other big firms are saying okay, it's not a required any a requirement anymore and financial services and fintech space I'm seeing um you know companies take students or entry level folks who can add value right away you know so um I think we will see a big shift in the future as far as like standardized, like college, higher higher ed, you know, where um, we have to connect the real world more with the classroom or just put students in the real world and internships, apprenticeships, right, great way to do that. Um, in my work, we put college students to work every summer. And I think 80% of them have gone on to full-time roles uh, in FinTech and financial services in multiple cities. Um, and what these companies saw was that if we give young people a chance, they can come and learn our culture, learn the way we do things. I mean you're grooming a future employee pretty much for for summers in a row and then they're ready to start. So um, I, um, I think there will be a big shift and you know again I have no problem with that. I love the fact that you know I encourage our kids to go to school and go to college but um, if there are students who can add value right away and as you know these kids are picking up this stuff really quickly. We're even teaching students Python and R this summer as well. And they're picking it up nice. super fast. So, um, yeah, I, I think there will be a big shift in the future.
0: I like that. So I guess uh, the next question is going softball. Do you think that apprenticeship patterns work for tech roles? I think they do. Um, for example,
1: during the summer, we have um, technology folks, professionals coming in and work with our high school and college students. You know, And they actually take them to the offices as well. They actually learn to code along with their employees who are learning Python as well. You know, so I think it definitely serves as a great model. Um, It's needed. I mean, we always tell young people, um, sorry, we can't hire you. You have no experience. But how am I supposed to get experience if you don't give me a chance, right? So I think the apprenticeship model and internship model is needed, not just in tech, but everywhere. we got to give young people a chance. we got to empower them to actually come into the office or do it virtually in this new world. And um, with proper mentorship and training, they can get it done. They can uh, get up to speed really
0: quickly. I agree. Uh, big advocate. So I love that, that you're a fan as well. So what advice would you share with companies that are looking to retain diverse staff? So it's one thing to get them in the door. It's another thing to keep them and keep them happy.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know, that kind of goes to the point of there there really is no pipeline, you know, so in Chicago, for example, there's a saying that um, uh, black and brown folks only go from firm to firm up and down LaSalle street, which is like the equivalent to the wall street here, but um, they don't feel welcome you know, so some of our students who've gone on to full-time roles, entry-level roles, reach out to me and say, hey, I'm at this predominantly white firm and I I, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel welcome. They're not celebrating, um, you know, like Black History Month. They're not doing anything about Black Lives Matter, you know, and uh, we have to like coach them through that. So, you know, firms have to, you know, it's one thing to open the door and a lot of them open the door this in this moment that the country is going through, but I tell them like diversity is one thing, inclusion is something else, you know, so you know let's help these folks feel like there's a equal path towards upward mobility for everybody right not um, whoever is at a firm and doesn't look like them but yeah we need to make folks feel welcome uh, employee resource groups i think is a big big thing that needs to be like amplified and right now i see and i've seen a lot of employee resource groups their hands are tied so limited budget not much right. say it's just something that the firm does for pr or whatever but they have to be empowered. They have to have a seat at the table at the diversity committee level and all that stuff. And, you know, so I'm seeing a lot of that change right now where folks I know different firms are reaching out and say, Hey, we have a big budget. Now we have like big sponsorship from the CEO and managing directors, and they're really getting to control the narrative and the conversation now and right. employee resource groups are the first people I reach out to when I talk to firms. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a big part of uh, how do you help folks uh, stay And a lot of organizations don't empower those employee resource groups to partner with organizations like Greenwood, right? So they'll partner with the big name, Red Cross and all these folks, which is easy, write a check, we're done, right? There's no work. But what us is you got to roll up your sleeves. You got to show up. You got to mentor kids. You got to train them. You got to do everything. You got to actually go into the neighborhoods that we work in, you know? And so I'm seeing more firms saying, okay, let's go to Inglewood. Let's go to the South side, the West side with Greenwood, you know, for the first time ever. You know, it's impossible. It used to be impossible to get folks from downtown to the south side.
0: Now it's pretty easy. They're actually asking us to go along.
1: Yeah,
0: I like that. Well, and it's because, again, you're identifying the value, right? That this is untapped talent, that they're missing these opportunities. And so once it starts making business sense, then I think it's like you've greased the skids. And now it's just about following through. But back to the beginning part, I definitely see the value in that having those employee resources groups and having the ability to have a support infrastructure inside your organization so that it's not just a lot of this. And it's like some, some real mechanisms to sustain when you've worked so hard to bring them into the organization.
1: Yeah. When we partner with a a company and a lot of companies reach out to us and we don't partner with everybody and we tell them, listen, if, if you open the door for a young person from Greenwood, once they get in there, you got to put your arms around them. Like that's just the way we function. Because keep in mind, the students we're going after, they're not starting from the same place as their white counterparts in different Correct. cities, right? So we got to make up that difference. That's what Greenwood does. But once they get into the firm, the employee resource group, black and brown, Hispanic, whatever it is, they got to they just wrap their arms around them and make them feel welcome. They have to have somebody at that firm they feel they can go to, you know, to ask a question that they might not feel comfortable asking somebody else. So, um, yeah, the inclusion part is going to start with this it includes pipeline because you got new talent coming in. And for them to stay and grow, they
0: got to be, they got to feel welcome and included, you know? Absolutely. So can you give me, who's somebody like yourself that you'd like to acknowledge as a leader? Somebody that might be a guest on a podcast like this. This is a time for you to, you know, give a shout out to somebody that you're impressed by.
1: Yeah, definitely. So um, one gentleman that's recently like, you know, found out about Greenwood and like once to get really involved with Mr. John Rogers, you know, so um, real Investments here. And you might know him, his co-CEO is Melody Hobson right they they sit on multiple boards like starbucks nike new york times mcdonald's so he um he has actually some family ties to greenwood in tulsa oklahoma the original black wall street but greenwood is named after and uh yeah he found out about us recently he's just been like somebody that i admired for a long time for his being a champion for diversity and being very intentional you know so he's uh sits on many boards but when he walks into these boardrooms and he looks around and he doesn't see many people look like him. Like he actually says something about it.
0: There you go. Yes. And he makes you gotta Speak up.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got to speak up. And he says, don't be afraid to speak up. He just did a virtual career talk last week with our students. And that was his message. He's like, it's one thing to get into these firms and you get the door open for you, but keep it open. Right. So yeah. Greenwood, what we tell our students, you got to lift as you climb. He's a perfect example of that. Now he's gonna get more involved with us and then open some doors for Greenwood as well too. So he's somebody that um, I personally admire and I'm really kind of follow a lot. Um, He's a a huge champion for this stuff and he's been doing it for so long and he's um, made himself really accessible to us. Um, And one of the person who's a personal friend of mine, Randell Solomon, he he has a nonprofit called uh, One Stop One Future, where his goal is to create 1 million um, investors, uh, particularly African-American students you know, and he's here in Chicago, um, you know, great friend of mine and we work a lot together. He's in the private equity space, but he's also trying to just um, change the narrative, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Investing in uh, solid businesses, not, not sneakers right? Right. sneakers, right? They go up in value, but like, let's invest yeah. in things that are going to grow like substantially and add wealth to, yeah. you know, our families. So invest in what you own as well. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, Great, so where can we find out more information about Greenwood? This is a great time to promote anything you guys got going on?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, greenwoodproject.org is our website. Everything about all our programming is there. We're growing really quickly. We went from five students in 2016, we got 71 this summer, looking Ooh. at 150 next year. Multiple Man. cities as well. Um, at Greenwood Pro Shy on all social media and that kind of thing. I'm very active on LinkedIn as well. Follow me, You know, connect with me. Um, We're getting ready to execute our 2025 plans right now. That's how quickly we are growing. We're going to be in Kansas City, New York, probably London, the West Coast uh, in 2021. And our goal is to put 100 young people to work next summer. We're well on the way to doing that. Um, COVID-19 has not stopped us at all. It's actually been a catalyst for growth because everybody's looking for something for their student to do, their kid to do. And we're online, we're virtual. I think we'll be in this virtual world for a little while to come. Well, deep into 2021, but we have built, we've built the organization to just function regardless. Yeah, you know, yeah. so um, more and more corporate partners are coming on board. Uh, we wrap up our summer programming next Friday. We have a closing event. We'll be on our social media. We invite everybody to show up. We have a stock pitch competition next week. Kids are competing for real money in us funded brokerage account because we teach kids that they can start building generational wealth starting with themselves. And we empower them to do that by giving them free money, to invest and a free share of stock and a free access to a commercial nice. platform. So they all become traders, uh, investors at the end of the summer
0: for sure. Cool. I love it. And can you give the website one more plug for the website? What's the, what is it again? Yeah. It's a uh, greenwood project, uh, greenwoodproject.org. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Save the toughest, best question for last. <laughs> what is your favorite snack?
1: Well, you know, I'm, I'm originally from Trinidad in the Caribbean. So, when you talk about snacks, I gotta take it back home. Right? So there's um most of your audience probably will never heard it about about this, but it's a a local Trinidad uh, delicacy called doubles, right? It's All something right. like a taco, but it's um it's a little different. But it's something that we consider we eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's a 24-hour type snack, you know. But um, doubles is, is the name of it. It's a Trinidad thing. Um, you know, I I've been in this country for a long time, but I still if you can hear my accent, it sounds like I just got here yesterday. So you know I'm still really close to to uh, my roots uh, back home and in New York and Brooklyn as well too.
0: They have any spots where you can pick those up?
1: Not in Chicago, man. That's the problem. Like and this uh coronavirus has really shut down my oh, travel yeah. to New York. So I used to go back to New York, Brooklyn, load up, come back to I'm Chicago. I'm sure yeah, I'm sure out there. <laughs> I'm
0: originally from Boston, so I know there's lots of folks from the islands out in Boston and New York, so
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm kind of like uh, fiending right now for some Trinidad. Food, but hopefully we can uh, make it to New York soon and, and get all that done.
0: Yeah, absolutely, it's coming. <laughs> this we're gonna beat this Rona thing, and then it's gonna be game on because it's really the only thing that's holding down the economy, right? It's just the health. Everything else just just be back to normal as soon yeah. as we can get this you know global pandemic under control. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, and you know that's really evident in the fact that so many firms are like committing to us for the next five years. Yeah. Right? So yeah. my conversation with companies right now is not let's partner for one summer. It's let's partner for five years. And they're all signing up like crazy. Like we've recruited about 25 or 30 new firms in just the last month alone. That's awesome. And we'll probably have another like 20 or 30 come on board before the end of the year. You know, so wow. they're not, again, to your point, stuff is, everything is okay. We got, we just can't move around. Right? The economy can't like function as normal, but uh, companies are ready to go and the economy is raring to go. And um, yeah, they're opening up their doors for the young, for our young people, 2021 and beyond. you
0: yeah? know. I love it. This is the future. This is the future of work. We're remote and we have people that are traditionally underrepresented coming in and making a big change in these areas, which is, I think, phenomenal. So thanks. Thanks again for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Um, This has been awesome. Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. The San Diego Code School is a proud sponsor of the Snack Walls podcast. The San Diego Code School is leading companies to tech equity. The tech-enabled apprenticeship program is a venture whose heart is to do a lot of social good and do good work. You can help San Diego Code School secure funding for change by hiring developers, bringing a team in to relieve your backlog, or becoming a program sponsor. You can visit us on the web for more information at http colon forward slash forward slash sdcs.io.